It's the Pizza Party Podcast. Who are you people? Hey, it's Jim. I'm Steve. And I'm Nolan. And we have a special guest. There we are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Adam. Uh, the YMS guy, the guy that yells at things on the internet. Yes, the YMS guy. We actually got a special guest. About fucking time. (laughs) Some call me Johnny. Maybe he'll be here in like three years, but we got YMS right here, everyone. Yeah, boy, we did it. We did it, Reddit. (laughs) Oh. I literally have no clue who you are. Wow, <laughs> fucking <know>. rude. <laughs> you come into so, our house and shit on this carpet. Shit on our guests while you're at it. I'm so sorry. I was Well, I was leading that into it to where if people are not familiar with him, he can explain what he does. Oh. Explain, Adam. <laughs> uh, I have a film review YouTube channel slash website. It goes by YMS, standing for Your Movie Sucks. Uh, I yell at bad movies and sometimes praise good movies and try to put things under a microscope and dissect how they work. But uh, yeah, pretty straightforward film criticism. What was that bullshit about Inside Out? Well, well okay, so <laughs> the, the only reason I know about this podcast is because every once in a while someone will mention me on the internet and then it always gets sent to me. And... <laughs> You guys were talking about Inside Out. Yeah, I think uh, one of you well, agreed with sleep, my thoughts on the video, and then most of you didn't. Which is fine. I mean, like, I, I made that video full on knowing that I'd be in the extreme minority. <laughs> yeah. But it's not necessarily about, like, oh, I'm right. It's about being able to argue it in a way where at least people who disagree with you can see where you're coming from. So you mean least. actually putting like you, you make a statement and then you have like evidence behind said statement to actually make a coherent argument. What's that? <laughs> you don't see that on the Internet at all. That's, I'm going to subscribe to you now. All right. I thank oh. you. What if what if I just conveniently worded it, though? My content is absolutely nothing like that uh, <laughs> wow he does roblox videos if you see like a number go down in the next few days and that's the case we know why ouch i, I very much agree with you on what you said about uh during your review you said uh i'm not reviewing it for children i'm reviewing it for myself well i said i, I didn't just say myself i said i'm redoing uh, reviewing it for adults and i'm an adult oh right uh- and it's and it's like the the issue that I mostly have with Pixar movies is that people will give it a lot of extra credit and you know certain conveniences or tropes would happen in the movie that if they were in a not Pixar movie then people would be more upset about it. Yeah. I feel like I feel yeah. like kids movies in general but especially Pixar movies get given way too much extra credit when I would prefer if movies were judged on more of an even playing field it's super upsetting because from it's like well it's just a kid's movie but like yeah that's are you you saying that kids can't enjoy or like understand a good story like that it's really unfair and really like under justifying kids like it's it's almost insulting not just that but the the it's a kid's movie argument does nothing to support the side that one using that argument thinks they're supporting by saying it's just a kid's movie, then you're devaluing it. And I would just say, OK, I agree with you. It's just a kid's movie. Stop treating it like it's anything more than that. Right. 
And it can, it can be more than that to, to some people, right? But it's just things should be judged more equally, I think. Yeah. Well, that's Instead the, of the, giving it a problem with uh, animation reviews is because you have a lot of critics who don't really know the history of the medium, don't, mo- no, don't know very much about how it's made, and will usually kind of, um, I've noticed, even if it's a good movie that I really like, we'll give it more of a pass kind of a review. Whereas if it was a live action film, they would be a lot more harsh and critique it more thoroughly. But then oh. when it's an animated film, it's just like, like this was good. And it, the animation was breathtaking. And if it's not a Disney movie, they'll be like, it's nothing like Disney. They're, it's not cookie cutter like that. And that's pretty much like half of the animation reviews like the New York Times has ever written. And it's yeah. like kind of basic in that way. I also, I also feel like movies should get some points for... If if it's animated in kind of a unique way, like it has its own voice, mm-hmm. Pixar movies have just been an, animated the same way forever yeah. at this point, and yeah. and now like DreamWorks is pretty much the same. You could release two trailers side by side, and if they didn't have the logo, then you know half the right. audience might be confused about which studio it came from. Yeah. I don't feel like they're they're as unique as they used to be, and I love old Pixar. When they uh-huh. stood out from the rest of their competition, now I just feel like it's all—it's just standard. Like everyone's doing real, somewhat realistic CGI. But yeah. this is what I love about a Sony Pictures Animation, who did a, uh, what's it called? Cloudy, Cloudy, and uh, Hotel Transylvania. Is like their their style is more cartoony. Like the characters bend and stretch. Yeah. Yeah. That's one well, of the things I really liked about Cloudy uh, uh, with the chance yeah. of meatballs. Is it was really didn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah, but because like the problem with a lot of animation in general is that it gets standardized where um, you have the default, which is whatever Disney decided to do. And that kind of like spans everything. I mean, even Don Bluth movies, most people just go, well, it's just a Disney movie. And, (laughs) you know, a lot of people think Anastasia is a Disney princess. Or same with uh, people think DreamWorks movies are Pixar movies still mm-hmm. yeah like there's so many people who if i talk to them about pixar they'll be like and shrek <laughs> and i'll be like what 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 are you talking about shrek because well, a lot of people Shrek's the word animation <laughs> a lot of people like to think that animation's interchangeable with the word disney or pixar yep. and uh pan's right the cloudy with a chance of beat balls and hotel transylvania and that failed or canned popeye thing oh. like Sony was the only ones that were actually going above and beyond emulating real life and actually using it as an artistic medium well, and creating something new. They have good directors. Like uh, Claudia was with uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who also worked in animation. Yeah. And the like Lego uh, movie, they did that right. The Lego yeah. movie, Clone High. I love the Lego movie. Yeah, yeah I do too. I love it. But uh, I was also going to mention uh, praise, praise our God and Savior, Gendy Tartakovsky. Rest <laughs> <laughs> in peace. Um, he also is really good. He's worked in animation. He really gets it. And like, they kind of fucked him over. He's been fucked over a lot recently. No, they even admit that when the hack happened, half the emails about him were like, you know, maybe we should let him have Popeye because we kind of, uh, screwed up with, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, how we treated him. And they're like, he's been really nice. Like he wasn't leaving meetings in a huff. Like he'd take the notes and do them and they just kind of didn't give him they were always like we need to give him his movie that he can like be an auteur and do all that and they at at this point even that movie what was it what would you imagine or something 
Did you imagine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that hasn't been officially greenlit. He's working on it, but it's basically like it could that could not happen also. I don't know if it maybe it has been and I missed that. Story. No, I don't I don't think it's been greenlit yet. Um yeah. But I, I definitely know he was talking about it in like um because the Hotel Transylvania, he talked about frustrations, but he was always like very optimistically, you know, like um, Adam Sandler wanted more and more as they like if they made a third one, Adam Sandler would want his hands really deep into that. Yeah. And like, you know, and, uh, Robert Smigel, who helped write it as well. But, you know, he was very open and cl- there was a collaboration. He, you know, there was definitely things that he was just like, oh, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly his vision. And he definitely wanted to do that. And I'm really curious, to, like this whole Samurai Jack thing. If this was him kind of like, all right, Sony fucked him over, he's backing away and just kind of like, all right, going back to TV. At least I, I get to do what I want. I don't know if he has that much creative involvement because I think it, when it was announced, he's just executive producer. Right. At this point, at least. I mean, who knows when they announce more. How much power does an executive producer have? Uh, depends on what kind of an executive producer you are, but it's depends usually... how much money they throw at it. I yeah. mean, like... John Favreau is an executive producer on every Avengers movie, but he hasn't done anything. So it's kind of like some of them, it's just a vanity credit because you can't get a, a producer credit as a vanity credit. It's just there to be like, here, there you go. Um, but sometimes they are really involved. So it depends on who it is and how the setup is, you know, but usually not too much. It's just like they'll show them a cut and they'll give notes. That's pretty much all it is. Mm-hmm. I know that, like, this is kind of unrelated to movies, but I've been really big on to Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. What does and, that have to do with anything? Uh, Wait, is, is that a name he, of a... He said a, it's not a movie. <laughs> that doesn't excuse it. Wait, does that, is, that, is that a thing or, like, a personal way of life that you don't like? <laughs> it, it's this interesting web series where, like, it, it's these Muppets and it starts out looking like a kid's show. And, like, they, it, it's, it's all about, like, you know, the first one's about them teaching creativity. But, like, the thing that's teaching them creativity always shuts them down and immediately goes to this, like, this murder creepiness. It always takes a dark turn. But it's, it recently was kickstarted uh, for the, like, episodes one and two were down on their own budget. And then episodes uh, three through six are all, you know, through Kickstarter money, and one of the executive producers is Tom Ska. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. The the British YouTuber that's really popular took yeah. over Ed's World. And um, and he, I, I, don't, I assume he has literally no creative content because it's good. And um, <laughs> 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 But, but he's, he's got, like, a big credit on there, but I think it's just exclusively money. So it, it was relevant to the conversation to we're fair, having. That, that, that's Kickstarter producer. That means nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder how many people are actually like trying to make a career starting out with just kickstarting <laughs> stuff to get producer credits. And yeah, then I've that, been that wondering does... that myself. Actually. But I mean, if you want to still be a producer, you have to have a lot of money. That's the biggest factor is yeah. not how many other producer well, credits you have. It's how much it, money you have, really. It, if you're an independent producer, if you're a, uh, doing like a big movie, it's a little different. You're just kind of the suit behind and making sure the money's spent well and stuff kept on schedule schedule not if you're independent you'd have to do that as well but it's less about fundraising on the big one you know i really i really liked the first don't hug me i'm scared have the other ones this? seemed well yeah i've seen well i've seen two and three i think and i i as much as like they're still great and i like them they become less memorable in my opinion mostly you know? because they rely on the same formula out, so. of oh look we're starting out really innocent yeah exactly 
Yeah. I almost wish that they would do something a little different. You you see it coming already. You can't do anything <laughs> different. It's like, what can you do with this formula? I mean, with this concept of characters. I don't know. At least the first one had some cool, like, commentary in a way. Uh, sort of, I like, thought the third everything one that was... the teacher was telling them to do creatively, if you look at it, was actually the least creative <laughs> yeah. it could be. Like, blue is not a creative color. Stand in line, do everything exactly this way while not being creative at the same time. Yeah. I like that. But I think you should check out the fifth one because it does deviate quite a lot. Um, and I know the sixth one's the last one. So I'm, that's what I'm mostly excited about is because there's supposed to be answers finally about what exactly it's supposed to mean. And I'm probably going to get my hopes up. But I, I got the benefit of watching it all like a couple of weeks ago. So like I got to just sit through all five of them. Joltoid was actually the people that sent it to me because they're like, you haven't seen it. And then I, like, I try to start telling people that and everyone's like, welcome to now. Where you been, Steph? <laughs> <laughs> There's certain Internet videos that like you have to assume that everybody's seen. Yeah. I mean, I was talking with someone who said they never saw Star Wars. Kid. I was like, do you know Star Wars, kid? What? Oh, yeah. Well, that's like classic, though. I don't know. There's. There's certain memes that were so early that there's a significantly uh, lower amount of people that would watch something for it to be popular on the internet back then versus now. Yeah, yeah that's true. So like a lot of the a lot of the classic videos that showed up on like E Bombs World, if you look them up today, <laughs> you mean stolen and put on E Bombs World. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. They had user submitted content too that were all stolen. You know, like. Anyway, but I don't yeah, think you can know, a, lot of, a lot of those things barely have any views right now. If you look at them, the like 2008 YouTube upload, you'd think that they'd be more popular, but yeah. not that many people remember them because there weren't as many people on the internet. I checked Ebombs World now, and they're pretty much like a clickbait article site. I hope you like ads. Yeah, something like BuzzFeed, <laughs> like top 10 uh, hottest cartoon characters like I, I hate all those people who just make these top 10s of like cartoons and stuff they're just so top 10 hottest sonic characters yeah. hey. Hey. top 10 hottest goths wait I mean, listen. Yeah, i was watching this weird cringy video about this guy who did like top 10 goth girls and he was just like you can just feel the sweat pouring off his cheeks as he was just gushing about goth girls and such and just happy while he was doing that I, I find it weird that anybody would make like a top 10 any kind of like physical attractiveness or anything because it's so subjective. It's all about preference. There's no there's no objective measurement for it. Yeah. Well, know? the best top 10 a, hottest internet reviewers, number one, Doug Walker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the thing is like with those Wait, lists, the, the thing is you can either you have to you, one or two things are going to happen if you want your that list to actually be popular. First thing is to validate everyone's opinions because that's the only thing people watch these videos for yeah. is they, they, they want to be told what they hate is bad or what they love is good. Or you do the opposite and you go for whatever is the like opposite opinion. So people will start yelling and people love to share hate. They love to be like, guys, get this guy. He hates what I love. He lets me comments. That's how I made a lot of views back in the day when I was starting out. Is yeah. I instead of instead of titling my videos YMS, I, I said things like precious sucks. Like I would add big capital letters at the end. Of like it sucks. Got a bit of attention that way. But the opinions are still genuine. They're still genuine opinions. That's what matters most. You clickbaiting piece of shit. <laughs> On May 29th. Hi there. <laughs> the wait is up. With my PPS, we'll never be lost. Oops. The course is set. Yes. Hey. Hey. 
and Disney Pixar's oh boy, oh boy. first 3D adventure Let's go. takes off. Squirrel! 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 Disney Pixar's Up-Rated PG. I hate squirrels. The 3D adventure begins May 29th. I love you. There was this one reviewer, uh, like during 2009, 2010, like he would, it was on Rotten Tomatoes. He would always review, like if someone likes something, like uh, Pixar's Up or uh Is his name Armin Dwight? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Armin Dwight. Okay, so this guy, like, let's say someone loved He's a... insane. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not, he's the worst critic. I'm not, I'm not even going to say that about like his movie taste. He like, he yelled at uh, Steve McQueen for 12 years a slave and tried and like called him a piece of shit. Steve McQueen's still alive? No, no Steve McQueen a, it, is the direct, is the director of 12 years a slave, but it's not the same Steve oh, McQueen. Okay. It's the black, the Steve, better Steve McQueen. The white Steve McQueen is dead. Then the yeah. black Steve McQueen was in, born out of his ashes. Out with the old. And with the new, <laughs> but, but this guy, he like, let's say uh, everyone loved a, a movie and it was like a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The one thing stopping that Rotten Tomatoes score from being a perfect hundred is this guy who would always go the opposite of everyone's way. And didn't he? And like I remember, he hated Pixar's Up and Toy Story Three. Oh wait, never mind. But you, never mind. Well, <laughs> I. If okay, so if let if let's say I put a review on Rotten Tomatoes for Toy Story Three, it would probably be counted as a fresh review yeah. because despite me saying that it's incredibly overrated, I never say that it's like in the negatives. I never say like it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's like recycled and yeah. that it's not amazing. Yeah. It would still be counted as like a fresh review. So I don't even think I'd be on the same side as Armand White there. Just I mean, like Inside Out, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think I just think these movies get too much praise. I think there's a difference. Toy Story three just feels kind of like a. a I mean, it's the same story has been told three times. Toy Story, in a way, but I feel like it did it the the most successful though out of the three. Toy Story one and two were very independent of each other. Yeah, Toy Story one never had like this weird uh, B story. It never like. Toy Story 3 hit way too many of the same cues. And unlike Star Wars Episode 7, Toy Story 3 was not honest about it. Toy Story 3 hid the fact that it was recycling several specific points from Toy Story 2. Whereas Star Wars Episode 7, even though it does something very similar, it's more like fan service. They're not they're not like pretending to be doing anything different. They're clearly just making references for the fans. Yeah, I mean, it, with Star Wars, uh it, it it was about the characters and all the like the Death Star thing that was in the background. They weren't really involved the main three characters. But uh Armand White, like didn't he get kicked out of Rotten Tomatoes after he gave like Grown Ups 2 a positive review and that's when everyone just said fuck off. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I mean, like, that would be the final straw, wouldn't it? I don't think he was kicked off Rotten Tomatoes, but he did lose, I think he lost his position at whatever paper he was at, and he got kicked out of the, it was a film critics awards that he shouted at Steve McQueen, and he was kicked out of that as well. Yeah. But the thing with him is, it's like, like, literally heckled him on stage. Yeah, he he would go, like, he was kind of. There's a difference between being a critic and just being a troll, and he crossed that being line. An asshole. Yeah, it's like he just wasn't. <laughs> and I'm not he, that bad. He wasn't even making points. He was just like, like his Twelve Years a Slave thing. Professional rem- shit poster. Yeah, I remember agreeing with <laughs> some of it, but like, 
other of his reviews, it felt like he was just doing that to be uh, to get attention and be like, see, I'm not going to like this because Hollywood agrees with it. And it's like, uh, OK, I guess so. But sometimes everybody just likes a movie. There's nothing you can really do about that, you know, mm-hmm. and he was he would always be negative. But he never I don't know. I never really liked any of his writing. I know people some people really like it, which I don't I don't get it. There's a lot of people out there that think that I do exactly that. They're like, oh, you o- you only don't like this movie because everybody else liked it. No. Yeah. Well, it makes that's... me more, more likely to make a video about it if everybody else liked it, but it doesn't make my opinions change. Well, that's that's the problem is people think there's like this groupthink mentality when everybody likes like Star Wars or it's projection. Or whatever. Yeah, and it's just like what someone, sometimes... what someone's saying is like, that's what I do. When yeah. they say that, they're like, I, I need to be a part of the horde. That's how everybody thinks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's pr- actually, that's probably true because it's just really weird that like they can't accept that, like, yes, everybody actually likes Star Wars. There's not much you can do about that. That's usually that. the case, though. Yeah. When, when somebody assumes, like, this is for sure how everybody else works, it's usually them just saying, this is how I work. Yeah. But with Armand White, like, I remember I read a review, like, for Up. And I just remember, I just remember this one comment, and it was just one guy saying, "Let me ask you something, Armand. Did your parents ever hug you?" <laughs> and he ga- and he gave that guy a thumbs down and you afterwards blocked. That I get was... comments like that all the time, you know. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two. People were emotional about it. What? <sighs> I haven't seen it yet, but I heard so much bad things. You Did have you, a- you have no idea. It's. I think it might be my most viewed video right now if Cool Cat hasn't beaten it. But um, like, you like Amazing it? Spider-Man 2 was special in, in the sense that uh, there's this growing trend of movies releasing almost all the footage that they have online before the movie's even out. Yeah, like in the trailers? Well, not just in trailers, but web clips. They'll put certain scenes from the film uh, just in YouTube clips. But also generally just revealing too much in trailers. Well, that that one so, I know with with that movie in particular. There's this one I don't know their name, but I know there's this one YouTuber who, right before a movie comes out, will edit a trailer with all the footage that's available. And with Amazing Spider-Man two, I believe he cut together an hour total <laughs> because he had so much there, and it was just like <laughs> insane that they like that movie's I think two and a half hours. It's really long. Yeah, and so they it, gave out half the movie before you saw it. Geez. I saw it on the Thursday night opening night showing. Mm-hmm. And I had my video out by Saturday. And basically, I had, I had 26 minutes of just yelling at this movie. <laughs> and I pretty much had a clip for everything that I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah, that, that I was yelling about the entire movie over this course of 26 minutes. I had to slow down some footage. Like, there was only a few frames of, of certain scenes, but... It literally just showed everything in the fucking movie, which is <laughs> one of my favorite things that you um, mentioned in the review was like when for when Pharrell was doing the score and he literally just adds in like commentary on the movie in this track tracks. And I'm just like, was did that really happen? It did. And I was so fucking shocked by it. I had it, no I, I like who could ever think that that would be a good idea to it, just so- have distracting whispering in the middle of your movie. About about what's he happening in the movie. The way that they tried to, and it, it's not like the lyrics are that important. 
they they prioritized rhyme scheme over lyrics. So you get the line, he hates a me. Like, why is this in the movie? Anakin hates me. Exactly. It's so ridiculous. I really need to see Spider-Man 2 then, I guess. I know. Oh, I it's know, like so beyond. The amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, oh, Actually, yeah. that, that's a movie that is so funny to me that I bought it. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. I have a question, is Amazing Spider-Man 2, is that the one with uh, Electro? Yeah. yeah. Oh, then I saw that one. I didn't see the first one. What'd you think of the first one? Uh, The first one for me is like a 6 out of 10. It was, you know. Average? This the well average is five, but okay. so, so it was above average. Um, but I mean, coming from the Sam Raimi trilogy, yeah, I was more skeptical before seeing it. And if if I am a fan of any superhero, it's probably going to be Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. really not a big superhero fan in general, but Spider Man for whatever reason, I'm like genuinely interested in. And I feel I feel like they added enough to that movie. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man one. I really liked the uh, forced perspective shots of <laughs> Spider-Man as he's like swinging across buildings and stuff. They didn't even have those in the Sam Raimi trilogy, and that's something that I don't know. Once once I saw it, I was like, why didn't they have these ever before? They look really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheesy. It's not like a masterful art piece or anything, but it was like it was all right. Yeah. And then the Amazing Spider-Man two is just a giant train wreck. What would you say is worse, um, Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2? It depends. It depends how you define worse, <laughs> really, because yeah. uh, Spider-Man 3 is a really shitty movie, but the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a really funny, shitty movie. So I get more enjoyment out of watching the Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though it's probably a worse movie. Well, There's more like... things that are wrong with it. I don't think I could yell for 26 minutes about Spider-Man 3. OK, there- they're kind of like train wrecks, different kind of train wrecks, because the Spider-Man 3 is a train wreck that you'd expect from a 2007, I think it came out movie. And then uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is like a train wreck post-Avengers. And they both and, kind of failed for the same reasons. Yeah, well, they had yeah, they had way too much going on. It's just like yeah, they, they had like both, 20 scripts and they I mean, decided to just add all of them together for some reason. Oh, and shove the rhino at the end. Oh, the rhino thing. They just wanted that Sinister Six movie so bad. But from what I read about the Sony Spider-Man people is they really wanted to make 90s Spider-Man comics into movies. And the problem with that is Spider-Man comics in the 90s became the clone saga, which is horrible. And so they like didn't realize the problems with the 90s storylines, whereas Sam Raimi was doing the classic 60s stuff and adapting it to now. They were just like, hey, the 90s were awesome. That's how I got into Spider-Man. They weren't thinking like, oh, maybe these stories aren't really like the greatest and we should like do the classic Spider-Man tells instead. So it's just like a huge misunderstanding of the material. Yeah, weren't, they also, yeah. weren't they also going to do an Aunt May movie, which is like what? probably one they had they had so many uh, Spider-Man movie ideas. It's ridiculous. They wanted to do Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. They wanted to do. They did. They did consider the Clone Saga. They considered like seriously every idea, and almost all of them are from the nineties comics, which is like a huge red flag. Because I thought that when I saw the first one, I go, "This feels like the Spider-Man I grew up with." But I even at the time, I was like, "Well, let me read the seventies ones because those are like a lot better." <laughs> You know, but I mean, I don't know. That's 
if you're going to do Spider-Man, why not stick to the stuff that everyone would really fall in love with rather than be nostalgic for crap that you just well, can't wait for them to reboot it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. like the one thing <laughs> I really Revelation. hate about modern movies right now is that they all have this like annoying knack of everything has to be predestined. Everything's designed like the Ninja Turtles. Uh, oh, April's oh. parents made the turtles. It's to streamline the story so it's faster to explain. Yeah, it's it's more of a screenwriting it's To pretend thing. to develop things and just check it off the list without actually doing it. It's not good, though. Oh, Ninja Turtles, like, <laughs> the project, the scientific project they had to create Ninja Turtles in that new movie uh, was Project Renaissance. And that explains why they're named after the Renaissance painters. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. No, but they the, they can't really do that as much now. Because uh, of Lego Movie, like that ruined. You can't do the Destiny thing because yeah. every little kid grows up with now a parody of that story structure. Well, <laughs> with the Lego Movie, it was kind of a parody. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is like that. Since that parody's out, it's like it was hard to make a Western after Blazing Saddles, and it's hard to make uh, a Destiny story after the Lego Movie. But the real problem with the Destiny thing is. Um, and not to get too far into it, is that it's a big misunderstanding of the structure of Star Wars. And we've basically had to live with everyone learning the wrong lessons from the Joseph Campbell hero myth. And they've kind of ruined a lot of scripts because people think, oh, I'll make this like Star Wars. But they don't go they don't look at Star Wars, the actual movie and go, oh, wait, he doesn't like refuse the call for too long. Oh, he doesn't actually do this. They just think, oh, no, he did that. And it was half the movie. They thought the structure was this way, but watch the original 77 Star Wars and you'll be amazed at how much better written it is at doing that structure that we're all sick of. It's just like they used it in a completely wrong way. And it's just like, it's such a misunderstanding. There's a lot about screenwriting that the reason it sucks is because people just completely misunderstand the right lessons that they should be learning. They just like go off in these weird tangents and it just comes out like poop. Yeah. I mean, to clarify for the kids at home, what he's referring to is the hero's journey. It's like apes, like pieces that happens in almost all stories. Uh, Just search that. If or it's Joseph Campbell's book, he learned it from myth. It's like an old ancient story structure thing. The whole thing where he has a wise mentor that dies. Uh, he has a power that Spoiler. he refuses to take. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually takes the power and then he fights evil and stuff. Well, he goes on a journey usually. Yeah. Um, he like changes who he is and but like all that stuff. My main problem with that is that it's always like this chosen one thing where the character doesn't need to like any experience or anything. They're just like the one with no prior well, that's, destiny. Yeah. That's the thing about about Star Wars, the original Matrix. Star Wars that's really interesting is Luke is not the chosen one. They never say Luke's the chosen one. He's just a new Jedi. They never say Luke's going to save the world. They don't even bring that shit up till Empire, basically. And they don't even go that crazy with it. It's just Darth Vader wants him because he's a new Jedi. But they never go. They act like he could be really powerful, but they never overdo it. And I think that's the problem when the Matrix started that is everyone wanted to be like, he's the savior. He's Jesus Christ. And he's going to. You know, we're going to kill him for all our sins and stuff. But like in Star Wars, that never that like it never happens until I think Obi-Wan and Yoda talk when the X-Wing flies off in Empire Strikes Back. So that's like a movie and a half 
before yeah. <laughs> before you even talk about it but, is the big uh, uh, mistake. But, you know? but also, like, it, it, it kind of bugs me when it's like a kid's movie and it and the lesson is always like, yeah, you don't need training. You're just the one. Although if you're not good at it automatically, you're not the one and you should probably do something else. That's the generation of uh, participation awards. Yeah. I, like, is it? Like, um, every movie does that. It just, like, there's no character that has that takes training or, I don't know, you know, actually works to what he has. He just automatically gets it. You know, that's, that's a reason I love the original Karate Kid, because the whole movie is about you're learning all this stuff that you don't understand what the point is. The entire time he's like painting fences and he's like cleaning car. Like it, like that's all bullshit. Yeah, but then in I the thought. end of the movie, he kn- he knows awesome karate. And it, like when I watched, it, I was like, I wish so- I didn't see it till I was a-, a lot older. And I was like, I wish someone had shown this to me. I was getting mad at school because it's actually like a great lesson. Like you learn all this stuff, and then now I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I-, I wish I wish that they. I like the lesson of that. Also, when you're the best comes on, you feel like you earned it because you had to watch some guy paint fences for two. <laughs> to all the way where we started on the chat um you said that you're reviewing something for adults not for kids it really bugs me when an adult reviews something and says well i don't like it and kids shouldn't like it either if kids like it they're gonna watch it what do you want them to do oh yeah there's certain movies that like i don't like but i can imagine myself if i were a child and even though like there's no way to say that it's completely accurate one of those movies was that uh, animated bird movie, Rio, where I watched through it and I was like, you know, it's not great. But if I if I was younger, I would love this movie. This would be yeah. something that I would just watch nonstop as a kid. Like, that's exactly the type of movie that I, I would watch. So, I, I mean, like, I can try to put myself in that perspective as much as I can. You always hear someone saying, like, well, I don't like it and kids shouldn't like it either. So these uh, TV companies should stop uh, talking down to children and like what I like, it seems very hypocritical that they're saying you're not allowed to like what you like. You have to listen to what I say. It's not a phase, mom. But what happens when a kid likes a movie like Food Fight? I mean, they like it. What do you want them to do? I mean, it, when I, saw, I don't think that there's many kids that would like that movie. Like the animation is scary. Well, <laughs> it's terrifying. I, I will say I saw Norm of the North in theaters and the three oh. kids that were there we're super into it. Eventually, they they may or may not grow up to think, "Wow, this movie sucks." Wow. Well, that that happens. Like, Hopefully, yeah. You, you should, if unless you're a nostalgic, boring uh, piece of unless toast or something. White. Yeah, but like you should. Like I used to really love the Masters of the Universe movie when I was a kid, and then I grew up and rewatched, and I go, I can still like have fun and remember that time, but this is like not a good movie, you know? There's so like, many you, movies that don't hold up. Yeah, there's like when you were a kid, you liked garbage because you had no taste. You were a dumb kid. Like kids are stupid. So because you, you know. like, I mean, filmmaking to me, if you do it well, it's about details in in my perspective. And to make a a kid enjoy a story and get really into something, you don't need any details. You don't need any uh, effort put into it. Really, you can have really shitty voice acting, shitty animation. 
just like subpar everything and kids won't be able to tell whether or not it's good. There has to be at least one thing that catches their eye, like well, a cool looking character or um, some kind of Sonic. thing they can relate to. Yeah, Sonic, basically. <laughs> like, a Sonic cartoon could come out or a Sonic video game could come out and it could be a horrible game. But there will be people defending the game because it's their Sonic game. You know, it was their first. They don't know any better. They don't know what a good game is or a bad game is. Oh, it glitches. All game glitches. Things like that. Because I've had a friend that did a review on Sonic games. And even the ones that are, like, known to be bad, like Sonic 06 or Sonic Boom, still have people coming out of the woodworks defending it. Because Nostalgia Sonic's cool. blinds people. No, it, it really does. Story I'm personally attacked right now. No, trust me. Some of them could just be kids who, like, you know, haven't played enough video games. Like, they're not as jaded and cold and emotionless as we are where we've seen it all and know it's all shit. I was about to say, have you noticed how Hollywood has now figured out how manipulative nostalgia is? Yeah. I think, well, I think Toy Story yeah. 3 was one of the first ones that really, really started it. And now it's like... Jurassic World and the new Star Wars Terminator. and all these things that are literally just like we're pretending it's a sequel, but it's more of a reboot just so we can throw in as much nostalgic references as we can. Just being like, remember this movie you really loved as a kid? Remember this movie you really loved? And it's just it, it blinds people and it gets them to enjoy it more. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can it can be done well or done terribly, but still Jurassic World was kind of shit. Well, that's that's more of uh, millennials are having a bigger piece of the buying power. Like millennials will take over. I heard in 2018 will be the biggest uh, demographic group in terms of money. And as that's getting bigger, we're seeing more of the things that we grew up with, like Jurassic Park, like Star Wars, like Rocky and not so much Mad Max, but like things that like people were nostalgic for. And they're like, Oh my God, I have to see this again because we have more money now. And so because of that, they're going to make that more stuff They did for the boomers, like the Brady bunch movie and all those things. But like, since they've moved, it's, but, and also they've learned like they can't do remakes because everyone it's like, they don't make as much money now. Yeah. Well, it's like they would make a lot of money the first weekend and then crash. And they went, wait, if we make these kind of uh, long, you know, these long gap sequels, people will be excited because they want to see Han Solo and Rocky and the Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know, is like what people want to see. But uh, the one case I think of nostalgia being uh, like kind of clouding everyone's vision is the fact that like people really want to see a Full House sequel is like the worst example of that because that show is... No, it comes out soon. Fuller House. I I grew up with Full House, and I watched way too much of it. But that show is awful. Like, I none of that show is good. It is a terrible garbage show. Oh, there's like two promos out for it that I saw. One of them was like this really awkward and almost kind of sad looking, like just camera pans in the house, and you hear like overlays of like the past episodes or something, and then the door opens, and then just kind of goes to the intro. You've Uh, seen that one. But have you seen the one where they take out the audio and put the music from It Follows? Over no. There? Then it's really good. <laughs> okay, okay. But then the the other trailer I saw for, and this is the one that got like a lot of shit hate because it's mostly just a goofy like behind the scenes thing. But it's just the three main actresses dancing to uh, one a popular song. I don't remember. But it's like on a green screen. It was clearly yeah. like so it seems like they just like had the camera running. They did some stuff. They're like, all right. We'll cut this into a trailer. We're funny. We're we're relatable. We're, we're we're cool. There's a really good YouTube video called 
Full House without Michelle. <laughs> oh, yes, it's right. so good. I would good. recommend. <laughs> I love that one. Okay, <laughs> explain what that is to everyone. Somebody took the theme song, the all the accompanying video footage and, and all that. Yeah. So they basically oh, it's just, so it's good. the same footage, except they visually edited out Michelle and also like got rid of her voice. And the camera will just cut to like an empty chair and it's really awkward and funny. Is that how they're going to do Fuller House and she's not in it? Because I hope so. Oh. The, actually, you know what the funniest Fuller House thing I've heard is they couldn't get the Olsen twins. So John Stamos went, well, why don't we call, what's their sister doing? Aww. She's not that big, That's right? That's what I was going to say. Then, no. Oh, you were? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, well, no, no. I was going to say, was I don't understand why they don't just get her because she's what? actually. A, Dude, what? they're not going to get someone from the Avengers to do Fuller House. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, come on. I don't, she's apparently her agent. From I read one article that said her agent said when they called him about it was like, "Look, no," and I'm not even telling her about it because I think she'd be insulted. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess That's in so retrospect, funny. you know, hey, can you do something? The more popular <laughs> sisters. Uh, can, can you replace them? That would be kind I don't of. No, I think she's doing the best right now. Like she doesn't have as much money in the bank. Probably mm-hmm. from the well, I don't know because when the Olsen twins were successful, they couldn't even legally declare that their own money. So maybe they just got their parents really rich. Damn. I think Mary Kate and Ashley are nothing in comparison to what's her face, Elizabeth. <laughs> At this Olsen. point, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I think she's doing no, much I, better in terms of like her choice roles and just yeah. credibility in general. Yeah, I mean, definitely, but she doesn't have like a giant catalog of like weird, like Mary Kate Nashley solve mysteries yeah. DVD sets or VHS. Dude, sets. I enjoyed those when I was a kid. I did too. Oh, I, I did too. My sister was shamed the Mary Kate Nashley. Oh wait, wait, I I like them for a New York minute. <laughs> Their careers were over in a New York minute. Oh, that was their only big screen movie. And everyone was like, this is going to be huge. And it like didn't do anything. And Eugene I Levy was. Well, I saw it. And that's what matters. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> Did it hold up? Is it still a great movie? You know, I well, I haven't seen it as an adult. So that's. You're going to ruin the magic if you see that again. <laughs> it, it, there's certain magic. things that I just I need to revisit in my life just for nostalgic purposes. But. I find that often if I if I go into something like that and I know it's not going to be good anyway, I find myself just skipping through it just to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this scene. I remember this scene. Don't really want to watch the whole thing, though. Richie Rich does not hold up. It's really bad. What? Oh. Like, Richie Rich? No. Yeah, doesn't hold up. Oh. As good as a kid. I really want to well, watch I, it now. I like Richie Rich as a prequel to Casper. That's what I, mean. uh, well, I guess the Simpsons created the first creepypasta. Well, you know what I think? I think Casper's the ghost of Richie Rich. Hey, they do look alike. I wonder how Richie died. Perhaps he realized how hollow the pursuit of money is and took his own life. Mm, kids, could you lighten up a little? That is that is the ultimate fan theory, and it's a good uh, one, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Richie Rich, that reminds me, like, remember that movie Blank Check? Yeah. It was about this kid yeah. who uh, got, a, like, a check from his grandma who's rich, and he just altered the check somehow with his, uh, <laughs> with um, Microsoft Word, and then he gave it to a bank and said, here, kid, here's a million fucking dollars, and they, wait, he, he wait. walked out with the million dollars. Wait, cash. Microsoft Word? Possibly. I don't remember what it was. I just remember oh. somehow he edited the check. The perfect crime. I mean, no, I thought I thought the plot of that movie was he just got a blank check and so he just wrote what he wanted out of it and it worked. 
No, he edited his grandma's check, but he had like this cool, the coolest house that I wanted when I was younger. Like he had like all these TVs stacked on top of each other, which those 90s crappy TVs, like those normal size TVs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the TV walls. Yeah. The t- a wall and there'd TVs. always be one TV. If you saw them in real life, there'd always be one TV that had really bad stats. <laughs> like they could no one could ever get it. The nine TV thing to work precisely. There'd always be one. It always made me laugh. I was like, man, if I ever had one of those, I'd make sure all nine worked. Yeah, I mean, that was the dream to have one of those TVs. Well, all those stacks of TVs like M. Bison had it in the Street Fighter movie, the Raul Julia one. Did you see it when they do, if you saw one of those, they do this thing where they'd all make up one big image. Yeah. And you could make it go like, like the lines around one TV in the middle could have one image and the thing around it could have all these other. Im- OK, I'm sorry. I'm going on. I've watched. I was really into these in like 95. Yeah. That was the dream, but now we have, like, regular plasma screens, so the, the magic of combining a billion TVs together is gone when we could just make one big one. There's still also some Also, projectors yeah. are kind of handy. But I remember at the very end, like, these criminals broke into his house, and the way he dealt with one of them, he basically had this virtual reality headset, and then when he, the criminal wasn't looking, he just shoved that virtual reality headset on the criminal's head and he just got all these seizure images and I think he died or just got a seizure and killed what? <laughs> sounds like a good movie <laughs> like if anyone breaks into your house just bust out the uh, the oculus rift and uh, set it to the episode of Pokemon with the seizures you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow speaking, this of, okay, okay. speaking of breaking into stuff and good. nostalgia um, that, did anyone see that kind of weird, but everyone seems to love it, but I didn't really find it that attractive. Um, the, the, the home alone where Calvin's doing now where they actually got Macaulay Culkin to, Oh yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. It may, I don't understand. The only good thing no, I, Macaulay Culkin recently is that red letter media video. He was. Oh yeah. Um, the, the, okay. To jump onto what I'm saying, cause it sounds like Adam doesn't know. Um, basically, I forgot what website, but someone released a video of McKelly Culkin playing Calvin from Home Alone, where no, he's now uh, kind of Kevin. You're Kevin, sorry, Kevin, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, he's playing Kevin, which just kind of looks like a long hair hipster guy who doesn't have a license, and doesn't know how to drive, but he's doing his girlfriend's job for him. And there's this weird, like, awkward exchange oh. where he's just like, uh, "Ah, you, you know, my parents forgot me. It messed me up." And then someone tries to break into the car and. He does Home Alone shenanigans, and then now he's torturing and potentially kills the guy. Uh, it's, I, I, I guess I saw a bit of that and then, like, got bored. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see yeah. through it all. It wasn't <laughs> that. I, I don't really get what they're, what they're doing with that. I still think if you're going to do a long, uh, you know, like a Force Awakens for Home Alone, you have Kevin McAllister team up with the Wet Bandits to take down a new kid. Well, why is he working with them unless they got reformed? Because because they'll be like, I have a, my first scene written. It's like they're in an airport and they're like, "Do you think he's going to show?" And then he shows up, and they <laughs> they take down this kid because he knows how to he knows how to defeat bandits in homes. So they'll it's like when the CIA recruits a, a hacker, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it would work. That's better. That's the only way you could get it back. I don't know. I think it would work better if it slowly transitions into the Saw movies. That's the only way to. Well, come we back. we can workshop it before we get to a spec script, man. Although so. I actually really like the uh, Home Alone NES game. If anyone's ever played it, anyone? that was uh, the Super no. Nintendo one. The NES one. I think uh, I think I've seen footage of it, but I don't think I've. Oh wait, no wait. Do you? Is that? 
like Home Alone two the video game or no? Uh, it's the one the, where the Home Alone. You're in. It's the first movie. You're just in the house and you're. Just oh, okay. No, I played the second video game on PC. I remember that very well. Yeah, but, there was uh, a Home Alone two the video game that I played. I, I consider this like the one of the first uh, survival horror games because you're just in this one house and these uh, the wet bandits are trying to catch you, but you have these traps that you put on the floor. And the whole goal is just to survive for 20 minutes, and that's the entire game, just 20 minutes of playing the same level over until you you get no losses. And I thought, it's a terrible it's a terrible game, like, you can't even walk up the stairs properly, but I thought it was a good concept, like, I think someone should remake that or make it a full game, I'm sure something like that exists. I had yeah, but it doesn't Nintendo. really need to be Home Alone anymore. No, no not now. Does it? But right. I had the Super Nintendo game, and really the only story I have with it is that I really enjoyed it as a kid, but it's terrible looking back at it. But, like, my mom got it for me at a pawn shop, and it's just, like, a blank cartridge with, like, a uh, letter thing, like a letter la- labeler, a label. like, just labeled uh, Home Alone just on it. I had no clue what the cover looked like for years <laughs> until the internet. The internet solved everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how we like looked up movie stars before the internet. Like, how do we what's what was IMDb back then? You just had to buy a reference book. Like, I actually heard a story um on a podcast where someone was talking about how they went to Sylvester Stallone's house and he had all these Oscars. Mm-hmm. And they went, "Oh, he must have won all these Oscars for Rocky." Because he was like, I guess he did. Who else? Would? And then he bought a book that was just like all the Oscar winners and nominees, and he looked it up and he went, Wait, he didn't win any Oscars. Uh-huh. He, he had them made for his house so Aww. people would believe it. But since there was no internet then, you, who would remember that, you know? So, like, people would – that's why, like, reference books were bigger than like, – people would go to the library to find stuff out. And now you can just go on Google and you're cool. Wow, that's depressing. I uh, – ah, voice crack. I bought the original Oddworld game for PS1 in, like, the original casing – and I went through the manual and there's a number on the back. If you get stuck in the game and you need help <laughs> figuring out what to do next, you call a number. Isn't that insane? That was that was in uh, that was there was a similar thing in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the yeah. NES game. Well, that was to prog- actually beat the game. That was required to beat the game. Yeah. And now you call it it's a sex hotline. Really? You called it? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's a sex hotline. It was either that or a. Uh, some other video game, but I'm pretty sure it was Roger Rabbit. Is that a Roger Rabbit themed sex hotline? <laughs> no, I hope so. <laughs> was it like Jessica? Yeah, it should be Jessica Rabbit's sex line. No, Jessica Rabbit isn't, uh, doesn't answer. It's the lady from Cool World. There was another game that uh, Angry Video Game Nerd reviewed. It was called Wally Bear and the No Gang. And there's a <laughs> hotline for call this up and learn about drug safety and such. And that number is still up in 2020, as of 2013, that was recorded. When this was a game from the 80s. Hello, 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 Somewhere out there, there's an answering machine that's still active in like some lonely warehouse that a- <laughs> that's active for a uh, Wally Bear and the No Gang. That's great. But do you guys want to get into the news? Oh, we're doing there's that? news? Yeah, we're we, 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 doing we, news. We usually. We usually <laughs> We usually start off with news, but we got trailed off so bad, so I guess... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, it's better. I love it when we trail off better, since it's just more interesting, the conversations. The people hate it, though. The comments are just like, ah, nothing, they need topics! Yeah, let's, let's not listen to them. Maybe, maybe those people in the comments need topics. 
Maybe they need a pillow to the fucking face. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> don't be Man, violent. Don't, don't talk about what we did at my grandma's house. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, Jim. Uh, speaking of which, I heard you came into a huge sum of money after that incident. Is that correct? Uh, no, that was just coincidental. Um, uh, we were just helping my grandma with her nasal passages, and yeah, uh, she's fine now. I mean, she did die coincidentally the next day, but she'll get better. Yeah, she, she she's <laughs> fine. She, she'll get back from dying. You know, <laughs> Mima is, is fine. I did take a blank That's check, a and <laughs> my family has been looking for me, and I'm. May or may not be in Ellicott City, Maryland, hiding out, but I, I don't think they're going to catch me. So, you know, I should be by the time this goes out, I will be in Tennessee or Canada. They'll throw the cops off. We can finally buy that wall of 90s TVs. I can buy the wall of 90s TVs to play Turtles in Time yeah. with. Yeah. But uh, the next video is <laughs> the next video is going to be uh, a review of Tony Hawk's Boom Boom Sabotage, a 2006 straight to video film by the creators of a uh, reboot in Transformers Beast Wars. Fucking finally. Oh, yeah. Are you Hell yeah. Tony Hawk retrospective. Nope. It, well, it's not the re video game. It's a it's a separate TV movie. I got you that DVD like years ago. <laughs> I got around to it. I mean, someone sent me a reanimated on DVD and I've been meaning to talk about that. Thank you for knowing what Beast Wars is. What about Beast Wars? Fuck, I love Beast Wars. <laughs> I, I We keep on my gaming channel. There's like an ongoing joke of just referencing Rat Trap from Beast Wars. <laughs> We're all gonna There's, die. I, we still get comments all the time just being like, what the fuck is that? Speaking of your gaming what? channel, um, I was I was watching that recently and I saw your Sly 3 playthrough and you said that Sly 2 wasn't as good as Sly 1. What the fuck? Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> what the fuck? What's up? Are you fucking kidding me? That doesn't mean that you prefer one game over the other more, right? Yes, it does, because you're saying it's better. The, uh, that's that's not what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the first game was a lot more cinematic. And usually when I personally enjoy a game more, it's based on how successfully cinematic it is. My favorite games ever made are kind of like movie games in a way. I, I, I don't really get too much into Bethesda games because I, I feel like there's not enough of a flow to it, like a narrative flow. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the ending of the first Sly Cooper game was just so incredibly satisfying on, on like a cinematic crescendo kind of level that did not get matched at all in the second game. And even if they add in, you know, new gameplay mechanics and and uh, change around the play style a little bit, I don't even see that. That's not what sticks in my head about a game so much is is like the play style as much okay it's more yeah about like the story experience and the emotions that i would get from having the entire experience of the game and i i thought that the first one was a lot better in that sense okay that makes sense yeah um the the first one is a little bit better in terms of that but uh because the second one's cutscenes are animated like garbage fucking pup mouths I got so excited about talking about Beast Wars. Yeah, I got, I got Has so anyone excited. played the the uh, N64 Beast Wars game that was a blockbuster exclusive? 
Oh, there's also... I didn't know it existed. Yeah, yeah, it's a a fighting game, but weird. It's not good, but I love it because it's Beast Wars. Yeah, there was a lot of blockbuster exclusive video games. I don't know why, like Clay Fighter, and they were usually garbage. Well, it's because rental like games. like a weird thing. Uh, okay, so re- there was a lot of rental movies that were exclusively rental. Like, uh, I've been meaning to make a video about this, actually. Uh, like, Prehysteria, where the little, ta- little dinosaurs, or... Um, shit. I, I want to name them, but they're so obscure because they were rental only movies that you could get at Kroger's or whatever. Mm-hmm. So no one heard of them but me, but I rented them like every week. But uh, there was a company that made exclusively rental stuff because they could sell you. Because when you sell a movie to a rental store or a game, you don't sell them for like 50 bucks to them, you sell them for a higher price because they are rental copies they're essentially the same version of the game that's why they could sell them afterwards but you buy a rights you buy the license to rent out said game for the no resell yeah clause because a lot of people don't realize this but when you buy a cartridge while you physically own the cartridge you don't physically own the game you you own own a license license to use it yes or like VHSs, if you read the fine print on them, it states that you can only have so many people in the living room viewing the movie. <laughs> Wait, <how laughs> Which many, is really how funny. Many people? How many people? I think, it, I think it was like up to Four. 12. I don't know. What? Yeah, up to it's 12? A, it's really Guys, I'm, kinda... in, I'm in serious trouble oh, if it's up to 12. <laughs> well, because yeah. like if you're a public event, you have to go to a certain site and yeah, order a special thing. version. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's mostly if you're going to use it at like a place of biz- business, really. If you're profiting <laughs> off of having people there watching it, then that's more of a big deal. Otherwise, it's not like it's not like they're able to track how many people are in your living room oh, until smart yet. TVs. Now they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Xbox One can do that possibly with the Connect. There's so many devices in all of our homes right now that can very easily do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just imagine the NSA is watching me at all times, even though I live in Canada, and and <laughs> I'll just make things as interesting as possible for them, and I'll play the same song over and over until they kill themselves. Crap! So you guys want to get into the news? Really oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's right. We have a news. That's okay. So yeah, next video is boom boom sabotage. Adam, you have anything to promote? What is sorry? What is this video thing? Video. I don't really. What video? What you, boom Boom Sabotage? Oh, it's the Tony Hawk uh, straight-to-video oh. film. It's a bad CG it's a mo- film. Yeah, it's a motion capture film, like Food Fight. The entire movie, like, there's about, like, five minutes of story, and the rest is just, like, freaking mo-capped uh, skateboarding tricks. It was just, a, it's pretty much a demo reel with a little bit of story that they just hammered in, and it's a really bad story. So, let's get into the news, unless you have anything to promote. Like, do you have any upcoming videos? Well, I mean, like, anything to promote. You got a favorite soda you want to promote? If, if you were like, hey, I, the next video I'm talking about is Beast Wars, I would have went and subscribed to you because I want to watch Beast oh. Wars. That, that's kind of how you entice someone by going, hey, here's this new thing. And if someone on this listens to this podcast, it's like, oh, cool. That helps Pretty them get through. Everything that I'm working on right now is like a part two or more of something that already exists on my channel <laughs> so i need to finish those things up first but yeah well what's the next video what's the next the one next video okay so well i'm trying to finish up the uh unfriended review before touching anything else oh Wait, god so perfect I rip on that yeah that really crappy skype horror movie oh, that, was that part yeah. one Did you yeah read? it was so part one's out oh okay um and i'm working on part two mm-hmm. and it might be three parts Still figuring it out. 
trying to get it done this week, but we'll see. But do you have any videos that you want to recommend to people watching if they were to look up your channel? Oh, yeah, that's that sounds better. Um, uh, I would say the Cool Cat <laughs> review is a pretty uh, entertaining one. Because the first know. video the, I uh, saw of yours was uh, the cyber bully. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. I can't get the cap off. <laughs> Classic. That is one of my favorite lines ever in a movie. I did not expect when watching that movie that I would burst out laughing that loud. <laughs> you know, I had no idea what a surprise I was in for until that scene happened. I lost it. Uh, there's a lot of bad movies where, I'm, where it just catches me off guard with something so horrible that it's laughable. Yeah, like you yeah. and Freddy got fingered. That movie's amazing. Said no one. Adam, have you seen Freddy got fingered? Uh, what you think? A few times. <laughs> a few it's, times. Uh, well, okay. It's so weird. It's it's not really objectively that good. Uh, I kind of like it maybe for nostalgic purposes and maybe also for the fact that it's a very unique movie. <laughs> like if you try to if you try to equate it with other movies, there's not really any other movie that's quite like it. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very unique experience. So I like it for that. But I mean. Kind of, it's kind of like Tom Green just trolled the world by making the movie. Yeah, he was kind of like it's kind of like the movie itself was a joke rather than the movie having jokes in it. Like the joke is the fact that it's the movie. What was that phrase that people say that it's not art? It's like anti-art. It's Dadaist. Dadaist. Yeah, yeah some anti-humor or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate it on that level of just how horrendous it is. Yeah, it's. It's interesting. <laughs> so you want to get into the news? For the okay. fifth time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Finally, the news. All right. But before uh, I bring up the news, I just want to remind everyone we have the Fan Junk playlist. If anyone has any YouTube videos related to Rebel Taxi or the podcast, email them to rebeltaxi at yahoo.com. And they can't just be something like Roblox Let's Player that has a skin of pan pizza on it that's, like, not related at all. And uh, we have... Uh Fan DeviantArt and fan Reddit in the description. Speaking of fan video stuff, did you get any emails perchance? I get a lot of emails. Okay, because like I jokingly in one of my videos, because I've seen like uh, it's something that like the channel Awesome People did a lot, where uh, basically I, I said an unpopular opinion and I said if you have any hate, please email Rebel Taxi at whatever your email was. Uh -huh. <laughs> and like uh, a lot of people got offended in the comments. Like some people are like, or, I'm like, don't actually say anything. It's a joke. No one should take this seriously. And so there was a couple people like, I bet Pan enjoyed that, or bet a Pan appreciated. Like they they took your yeah. side. It was well, like it was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking about that I that you say I hated? Oh. Uh, no, I was just like talking about Steven Universe, oh. and uh, it really had nothing to do with you. I was that just like, hey. an argument. <laughs> but like, uh, I, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm starting to get associated with you. I'm starting to get fan art within the, the p p Pizza Party podcast now that I'm a regular. And like, um, so I was like, oh, you know, I'll do a little quick jab at someone I know. Like, it would have been either you or Joltoid, you know, because it's just like, oh, here's these uh, slightly more popular people than me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so, so I, the news Kung Fu Panda 3 is being uh, oh. aired in uh, Ch China in two ways. You can either watch it in uh, English but with subtitles, or you can watch it dubbed in Chinese Mandarin, but they reanimate scenes and man uh, mannerisms to reflect uh, Chinese vocals. Hmm. So they That's like amazing. the the lip movements, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, but they're. So it doesn't look like a dub? Mm hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, but they're. I think they're also like doing uh, like yeah, mannerisms and gestures differently too. I think one of their goals is to like uh, kind of like get a Chinese division of DreamWorks going so they can make their own films for China. I think that's well, what they're trying to do. Yeah, because so there's like a, when Pokemon changed the rice cakes to donuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the reason they're doing that is because you can only have a certain amount of American films open in China and specifically from a certain studio they're only a certain oh. amount of movies they can have released in China so if you have a film where it's made partially in China that doesn't count as an uh, as an import that'll count as a Chinese film so it's oh. not going against them so that's often why they that why that's why they're trying to do that and that win over yeah so that Canada I know has weird things like that too I was just about to say Canada has weird things like that too it's not necessarily the uh, films being shown in theaters but uh, it's it's uh, what is shown on TV and what is played on the radio. A certain percentage of it has to be Canadian programming. Yeah. And so that's why when Nickelback was really popular, the radio wasn't all that much fun. But <laughs> well, that, that wasn't just in Canada that that was a problem. That was everywhere. But think, think about how often you heard it times 10. <laughs> no. I'm so like sorry. A certain I'm, percentage has to be Canadian programming, and then it's I like, mean, oh, what are we playing? I, Nickelback. I'm sorry, but I guess as a Canadian, you're probably more sorry because you had to deal oh, with yeah. that. I'm Plus, they're sorry. more polite. Mm-hmm. I'm always sorry. But that, that, uh, yeah, that's the thing with China right now is they're they're really because um, they make a lot of money. A lot of uh, Hollywood studios make a lot of money in China, but uh, Kung Fu Panda is very popular in China, so they're going to want to keep that that ru- that uh, going. Basically, I'm kind of yeah, wondering. I, uh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was about to say I I live in basically the China of Canada, and there's a lot of Kung Fu Panda stuff with uh, Chinese writing. I, I don't know Mandarin or Canton. So you live in Chinatown? Uh, no, I I live in Vancouver, which is. I was like, going to say that. I was going to say. That's going to be you went to Vancouver. Well, yeah, that's I, it's the China of Canada. I went there. Like, okay, okay, it's like okay, China okay. with weed. Okay, 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 okay. So, so I went to Vancouver because of SIGGRAPH. Every uh, they're, like they, they're starting to be popular, but a couple of years back, I went for it, and uh, so like it was mostly. I, I, well, first off, there's no Canadians there. I did not see a single Canadian based off accents or uh, politeness or anything. It was mostly just Americans I read into and a lot of Asians. And I did where. See, uh, in Vancouver, like I just oh. the, like I, I ran into one person that was Canadian, and it was at the Vancouver um, Aquarium, which is weirdly called an aquarium. So there's very little fish and more birds. I was really confused by that, but I actually like, bumped into a kid, and she was she over like it was my fault. Clearly, I wasn't looking, and she overly politely sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, it's you know it was, it was very Canadian, but like um, there, there there was just like it was ninety percent like Asians, and then like I didn't see a single black person until I went to a nightclub at night. Like it almost like they came through, uh, through the walls. Wow! <laughs> like like they turned around. There's only three black people in Canada though. So. <laughs> well, you saw what did you see? Number one or two? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you see three? Because three <laughs> never comes out. Oh, no. They don't have names. <laughs> They don't. Oh, they're just numbered. Wow, that's they're just background characters. Oh wait, is is Drake number three? Drake's number three, isn't he? Yeah, but he left that place. He'll always be number three. Wait, so you have to hear Hotline Bling like all the time? Uh, I've stopped listening to the radio a long time ago. And what's uh, remember when I said the internet solved everything? Uh Yeah, Yeah, it's relevant here. (laughs) 
So now <laughs> there was there was some actual uh, talks about uh, whatever subsection of the Canadian government that that regulates uh, the percentage of programming uh, on TV and the radio. They were in talks thinking like, oh, we should start doing this for like Netflix. And everybody's like, nope, what? sorry. That's oh, yeah, that- exactly. Like, it's never going to happen. But the fact that they even discussed it is just kind of like, yeah, fuck off. There's a reason why people don't listen to the radio and watch TV as much anymore. It's because the Internet's better and you have freedom. You can that, choose what you, you want to do, right? That kind of stuff is is creepy that they impose uh, a certain amount of a country's... I mean, well, it, yeah. it helps the country, certainly, but it, like to force-feed it on the populace... It does help the country. Really. Yeah. Does it really help that you guys have to watch Degrassi 30% of the day or something? It's, it's really insulting and patronizing. Patronizing. Yeah. To, to say, like, oh... If you have the choice between watching Canadian or American content, then you'll obviously choose American content because it's better. So we have to force you to watch Canadian content. Like, no, if it's good, it'll stand up on its own, right? Yeah. Corner Gas was really popular in, in Canada for a while. Um, trailer Park Boys. Very, or... very Canadian show. Uh, it wasn't necessarily all that great. Hmm. There's not really that much that comes out of Canada that's all that great. The most talented people that we have here usually wind up moving to the states and then make American movies and yeah, like Alex Alex Trebek. What? I think it sucks about Canada right now is that the your guys' currency compared to ours is like really really low and it's lowering, right? I get paid in American dollars, so oh, that's good. You're probably living like a king now. (laughs) Uh, Like like I know that uh, conversion rate is actually like really good for me right now. Yeah, yeah, it's in your favor because I know Red Minus. On the other hand, like he does everything in American money as well because he does a lot of online freelance. And he was telling me he was like, "Yeah, it's it's like living a dream." But then he came over here. And he's like basically getting like he uh, came over here for like an event, and then like everything was so expensive in comparison, like like, half as much money. And because uh, I, I worked on uh, when I worked on my Netflix series, I was working in a studio that was in Canada. So I was getting paid Canadian currency and converting it over to American and then getting taxes on it from American taxes. So it was just I, I was making nothing from it. Mm. But I do expect with the Canadians uh, currency getting lower and lower, I expect more like business happening there. So that's great for you guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh yeah, I'm not an economist. So let's get into the questions because that's all the that's all the news we had. Oh, oh. is it? Kung okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fu Panda Three. Yay! I, I'm not yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. Who's playing the dad again? Like Liam Brian, Neeson or something? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Didn't they uh, delay it a few times? Yeah, it did get to. I'm kind of wondering. A couple of things is like it's weird. There's these movies called Kung Fu Panda, and it, all the voices are white people. But also. Um, <laughs> Why is it coming out Why at the not? end of January? I don't yeah. know. Is there any competition? Well, yeah, I think like, that's part of it is that a lot of popular movies will aim for where there's the least competition. Yep. Yeah, but that's like not a good like, I don't know. They could have put it, pushed it off. I don't think Deadpool is really going to steal a lot of its audience, but maybe it will. It doesn't really yeah. matter what kind of the year it is if it's a kid's or what time of the year it is if it's a kid's movie. Yeah, something like a third of all purchases for children would not have happened if the kids didn't nag their parents, including trips to Disney World. I mean, all the competition there is is a uh, norm of the north, and that's <laughs> well. You still, yeah. you still have, uh, believe it or not, I think 
Star Wars being there will hurt it, but I think it's taking all of Star Wars' IMAXs away. I'm going to see that this week. I'm planning on seeing it this week, finally. So What, Star Wars? Yeah. Wait, was, so we talked about the whole Kylo Ren thing last time, didn't we? I told you guys at the end of the podcast, I literally went, baked a pizza while you guys talked about it and had pizza. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and Nolan didn't see it either. Yeah, so I got spoiled. Sorry, How could you wait until now but also not want to be spoiled? They seem contradictory. You know, we can't watch every movie ever made, you know. Uh, well, well, yeah, okay. but like yeah, literally one third of the U.S. population has seen Star Wars. Well, okay, so so far, only thing I know about Star Wars uh, Force Awakens is that uh, the main character did not get any toys. And no, it's impossible didn't. to find said toys. <laughs> or it, it's really difficult to find her toys. Oh, yeah. and the, no, it's, and, not, she, uh, it's not a Christmas movie. She doesn't need to find toys. Oh. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about this is all I know about it. Sorry. <laughs> but no, like, I will all, not I, confirm or deny any of your assumptions. Oh, it's fine. I mean, all I know is that apparently it's a it's a beat by beat re, uh, remake of this the first the yeah. well the chronic Anjali made first movie. Um, sort so, of. I mean, I mean, it's it's different enough, but like, but that's what I've heard. That's that, that's that's the beat. That's where I stopped listening most of the time. And so far, I'm basically spoiler free from it. It just um, the reason why I haven't seen it yet. It's not that I'm actively trying. I just don't care. Is the thing like I I'm not excited about it i'm only going it because a friend's making me go see it mm-hmm. best oh. advice for avoiding movie spoilers avoid 4chan <laughs> or just the internet or in tumblr general. yeah yeah you can go on the internet i just well when uh star wars was about to be released i just didn't check any of my messages because <laughs> i figure i figure somebody might have just wanted to spoil things for me and send it to me in a in a message somewhere i don't know some no, I, I, it never even I, happened but I, that was just my precaution after i saw it with uh, my sister-in-law and she didn't tell me until afterwards she was like yeah i kind of knew a bunch of stuff because people were posting on facebook oh. like the day i was like <laughs> i was like supposed the, to be your friends on the news feed and she was like yeah I was like, that sucks. Like, who the hell? I'm friend them. Yeah. I was like, I waited until the the Monday after Christmas, like the Monday after New Year's to make any jokes that were considered spoilers because I figured like that's long enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like at that point we're kind of most people had seen it. It had made eight hundred million dollars, you know. Yeah. So we're in the clear. Yeah. No, nope, I'm still just I, the, the funniest thing is I actually got tickets to see it before it came out. You fuck. Like, oh, yeah, uh, it, I remember that. And then you yeah, just, just didn't, just didn't go. <laughs> I bought my tickets back in October, and I barely got two uh, seats in the same theater. And even then, they were in shitty spots and not next to each other. Is it the front, the exact front row? Uh, not the exact front. Although, I did watch uh, the movie 300 in the bottom left corner in like oh. IMAX and it was oh, the worst gosh. the worst visual experience I've ever had in my life God. just this complete warped uh, view of the entire movie I could barely tell what was happening in my I neck I don't even hurt, know but. why there's seats in the front row like that well, a lot of people ask for refunds I've noticed that's when desperation get, when you're that close that because yeah. it's just like so some of the time if you put a front row in the proper place it can work but most of the time they put it way too close and it's like they don't design it properly. They probably know that those seats are likely to be refunded, but 
They could either not put those seats there and make no money or put those seats there and maybe a third of the people won't ask for their money back. Yeah. I know. Probably, I know, they they know there's shitty people seats. that would just accepted it. Yeah. There's some hmm. people that'll just be complacent about it and also just not wanting to ask for a refund on something. Actually, that's I'm, an awkward conversation. I'm pretty tall, so uh, if I sit in the front row, I can just like stretch my legs out and I'm usually okay, but... I know most people like hate sitting. Most people like sitting in the uh, the the kind of uh, what's it like the back seats where like what is that called where it's like goes up each layer. What are those kind of seats the called? Uh, Not the aisles. I mean the um, stadium style seating. Yeah, like balcony. No, like the stadium oh. style seating they have in most oh. theaters where it's like they'll have it going up but then they'll have a bunch of seats just on one level most people never sit there they always sit in anytime i see movies with anyone else they never want to sit in the bottom rows they always want to go as far back as possible i go for the middle yeah i go, I go for like uh, kind of closer to the front but still technically the middle mm-hmm. i'm, I'm more of a, out. i have i'm never in the handicap seats but i'm in the row in front of that when there's just like a couple and it's usually me and a guy eating Chinese food. <laughs> but this uh, reminds me, like, you ever go on YouTube and see, like, videos on, like, the related saying, new movie, Tom Cruise, 2015, action film, yes. Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> Have <laughs> you seen that? Yeah. New movie, Tom Cruise, 2015? That's not out until, like, next month, isn't it? Yeah. No, no. no it's, they called it's it 2015, so- but... It's so well, yeah. It's a period piece yeah. about 2015. They're like, <laughs> they're like, did you hear about Bernie Sanders? Oh my god! Like, it's crazy. Did you see these new things called hoverboards? They don't hover, but they have wheels on them. It's crazy. Man, back to the Future Day. I can't wait. But like, you think like they For real always, this time? Those YouTube videos, like they always have like an entire movie, except like the first two, three minutes are cut out and like it's all distorted where the audio is like sped up slightly but it's still noticeable and they have, there's a weird visual filter on it and it's like shrunken uh, down with a frame around it and I'm thinking like does, does anyone actually watch a movie like this? Has anyone done that set through this? Not well, me, in, but in I do. have watched an episode of Foster's Homes because someone messaged me on Tumblr and goes did you know that you look like one of the scientists from the episode Goodwill Taunting? <laughs> And I'm like, all right, I need to see this. So I typed in Goodwill Hunting and just scrubbed through it. But yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. Those, those two characters were uh, like references to Dexter and Mandark, I remember. Yeah, apparently I look like the one that, uh, that's a fat one. The, the, the orange-haired one, Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, but someone out there probably watches these, watches their movies like this. And they're probably like a respected, like, you know, like. S- some of these people. Person. I, Some of these I people think, fucking watch re, re, the, the, the reaction videos where, oh, you know, you have someone barely commentating, uh, saying, oh, damn, shit, every like 10 seconds. Or, you know, they have like a, a certain beat to keep it interesting. And then they click off of it when the guy starts talking. Uh, you know, like, so. I, pe- go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, I feel like people often forget that so much of the YouTube audience is just little children with. Yep. That's what no, I was getting at. Yeah, nothing, nothing to do. No I mean, I used to just watch TV all the time as a kid. I'd imagine that now kids watch YouTube all the time. You look at these like really popular videos that you're like, who the, who the hell's watching this crap? Yeah, like it's a, usually the answer is little children. Kinder egg unwrappings or something like they just get these eggs and just that have prize inside and just th- those have a million views. And I'm thinking, 
man, I should really change what I do with my videos if I if that gets millions yeah. of views. <laughs> well, yeah, there's just a lot of weird phenomenons like uh, Hearthstone. People pay people like send money to YouTubers or live streamers to open up packs just so they could see what they get. It it's fascinating. I don't I don't I don't get it. Oh, this reminds me, like, uh, one of the weirdest things that I remember, like, if you go on YouTube, you always look up a cartoon, and there's always these things called finger songs or nursery rhymes. Like, look up any cartoon. Oh, like, those oh, are funny. Those are terrifying. Like, some of them, like, look up uh, Spider-Man versus Godzilla. Someone animated, I guess, Grand Theft Auto footage and somehow incorporated, like, a hack that has Godzilla in it and... Spider-Man fights them, except Spider-Man's the same size as Godzilla. It's a fucking mess. I'll link to it below. It's terrible. Who is watching these? Like, are kids gonna grow up thinking, oh, yeah, if you don't remember finger songs, you're not a true, uh, 2010 kid. <laughs> that's the future. I know that's gonna happen. <laughs> no. Oh, what do you guys want to get into the questions? Okay. Sure. Yes. Wally has a good job. <laughs> <laughs> a loyal pet. And he just met the girl of his dreams. <laughs> the only thing missing is a little adventure. Wally! On June 27, Disney Pixar takes you to the edge of the galaxy. Just a tram? You look gorgeous. And beyond. <laughs> Disney Pixar's Wally. Rated G. Wow. So questions, if anybody has a question, be sure to start out with the word question so it's easier to find. First question, Sunny Hill. Question, do you think media corporations are getting too big, i.e. Disney owning Marvel and Star Wars properties? Yes, they are. Yeah. Disney definitely is. And if you saw how many media companies there were in the late 70s to now, you'd start crying and reading George Orwell. So. <laughs> Because I honestly believe we're going to be living in the future that Wall-E predicted, where everything's owned by this uh, Walmart-looking corporation. Yeah, that's funny. And we'll be strapped to all these to all these chairs with screens. Like, I really do believe that's going to happen one day. No, probably. Disney bought Marvel I mean, and Star Wars. They old. bought every major blockbuster movie that's going to be coming out in the next, like, five years. Yeah, but Viacom also, it's like they have... Comedy Central and MTV and I've hated Viacom for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> like all, they're, they're well, oh, yeah, everybody hates Viacom. I mean, every YouTuber hates them. So many of these companies, like them, and then uh, Time Warner has Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers and DC Comics. Like these companies are just like huge, gigantic powerhouses. It's just ridiculous. You know what I will say about the the Disney thing, however, is I they've really prioritize as a company the idea of selling people on uh parts of a story so you you have iron man mm-hmm. and you have the avengers those are the really popular ones but they market it in a way where they're like oh if you want the full story to to this entire story in this universe that you really like then you have to watch all these other shitty movies that you probably never would watch if they weren't connected to the Iron yeah. Man or well, that's that's and that's, now it's like, are they doing that with Star Wars? No, they they okay. are. They, yeah, exactly. I mean, everything now is spin-offs. post. I mean, this is post Marvel because Marvel Comics always did that. Like, I read Marvel Comics as a kid, and like the first crossover would be cool, and it would only use the comics that you were already reading. So you're like, oh, I can't believe all the X books are crossing over. But then the next one after that would involve like a 
20 more comics that you never ever read and you'd have to buy them to get the complete story and like yeah. one issue would just have somebody walking by and being like hey do you just know where this me. thing is and it's yeah it's just but they, they Marvel, buy things they wouldn't get otherwise yeah marvel marvel has been doing that for a long time but they brought it in to movies in such a way that they're kind of like one of the more kevin feige is gonna go down as one of the biggest producers of all time just because he of what he did to Hollywood. And I wouldn't be surprised because his contract runs out at the end of the Infinity War movies. I would not be shocked if they give him Star Wars because that seems to be Star Wars wants to have a movie a year, just like how Marvel wants to have three movies a year, actually. Um, They want a movie every quarter, as they call it. So this is Marvel's really changed Hollywood filmmaking. Maybe some say for the better, but I, I don't know. It's like, definitely like the scene in the Holy Mountain with the art factory. Yeah, so it's art. It's just a it, assembly line. Well, I mean, they 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 find ways to get it to work. I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy would work without James Gunn. You know. Oh yeah. I think it works sometimes, and but what's happening now is we're moving away from what used to be auteur filmmaking, and that's how most people understand filmmaking to be. To what it was before the auteur thing took off in classic Hollywood, where it was a producer and studio driven medium. And I think we're actually moving back towards that. That doesn't mean a movie's better or worse. It's just, just kind of how it works basically that, I mean, there are plenty of good movies that producers have been the main drive or the studio has been the main driving force. It's just like, we're not going to have as many auteur movies if we're making Marvel stuff and star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just kind of burnt out on superhero movies in general. Like, well, this—if you—if you think you are, this is the year where you really will feel it. No, I, I mean, I already know because I haven't I, seen. I felt it for a while now. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're getting Deadpool, then Batman v Superman, and then Civil War, and then X Men, and that's before Memorial Day. And the and only one of those I'm remotely Suicide interested. Squad. Well, that's August. So that's and then we have Suicide Squad and Doctor Strange also. But that's just that's literally by Memorial Day. We will have seen all those movies. Well, OK. Oh, sorry. We're it's talking about end, the end of May. Memorial Day is like the last two, Monday in May, I think. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's you guys are talking Hall. about the, the 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 group of people like as a society, you know, everyone's like, oh, someone likes that. Or everyone likes that mentality. I feel like. I'm I'm waiting for the general public to catch up and realize that this is too much superhero. Well, they they are sick of it because when I saw Star Wars and they have that Civil War trailer, which I I think is actually a, a pretty good trailer. Um, most of the people were like, "God, another superhero thing," and like half of what I heard people after I left each time I saw Star Wars is people were like, "Wow." superheroes are mad at each other. Batman's fighting Superman and <laughs> Captain America's fighting Iron Man. Like, and they like, seemed, <laughs> they seemed kind of like, I mean, I go to these things cause they're big movies, but I'm not that into it. But and I'm supposed to watch. Yeah. They like, they, they kind of feel like that's the weird thing about movies is the water cooler element is so strong. TV's kind of lost that, but like movies, it's still there. But I think the only one I hear people genuinely super excited for is Deadpool. Is when I saw whichever movie had the first Deadpool trailer, there was problems with the theater and they were going to skip the Deadpool trailer and the audience went nuts and they had to play all the trailers. And I've seen that a couple times where like the audience goes crazy. And I think what we're going to have is more of the suicide squads, the things that 
or a superhero movie, but it's not really a superhero movie, you know, like a slant on it. They don't want very superhero movie superhero movies anymore. They want like Winter Soldier where it's a political thrill, you know, stuff like that. Well, Marvel's aware of it. I mean, like Ant-Man supposedly was a heist movie instead of a superhero movie. Well, they, uh, they it was supposed heard. to be I've a better that. movie directed by Edgar Wright until. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ant-Man just feels like a standard movie, like a standard superhero origin. Like nobody's talking about that now. People are still talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, the, no. and then Guardians of the Galaxy is a space opera. Like the, the, it sounds like they're trying to like, di- you know, make them as different as possible. So it's not just another superhero movie. Because they really sure? should work it like they just keep making the well, same movie over and over. That's kind of the problem with a few exceptions. The, that's the thing that Marvel's really good at is when they do like I think 2014 uh, was a better year for them because Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy are so different. But the problem with having Age of Ultron, Ant-Man and then Civil War is like, OK, these just feel like a normal kind of Marvel movie. And when the Marvel works at its best, when they give you two different, two completely different movies in one year, and that's when it really works. And I think uh, that's how that genre will keep evolving is if they realize they can't do the same kind of superhero movie. And I think this literally the first six months of this year, people will get sick of it because having Civil War and Batman v Superman come out so close to one another is a probably a big mistake for the genre as a whole because people will go, what the fuck? Like, how many times can I watch these guys hate each other? You know, so I feel, yeah, they they made smart moves by buying uh, Marvel, but I feel like they're going to just ruin it by putting out these movies so often and so close to each well, other. Well, that, that's, that's more Kevin Feige and him wanting to have all this stuff. But I think it'll work like billion when they, the, I think the Doctor Strange thing will probably work for them because that's very different. And I think Black Panther also with Ryan Coogler who did Creed. And those are different for them. And even getting a different kind of director for Thor, I think their future looks brighter than it does right now because it's just people like – People like familiar stuff, but they like it with a, a different slant on it because we don't really live in a, a star movie, a, a movie star time. We live in a concept time and people will see a cool a movie with a good concept or a good a different take on something more than the regular shit. Mm-hmm. Well, unless it's Star Wars, then they'll just see it. Yeah. So next question. <laughs> All right. What was the question? I don't remember. <laughs> if we're all just going to get owned by one mega corporation. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh, that's fair. That, that 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 was a logical progression. Okay. Okay. All right. That okay. wasn't it. We we've, we've done worse. Question: What do you think of those blank brought me here comments that are spammed on songs that are featured on cartoons or mentioned in some video? I listened to one of Estelle's songs, and the comments were full of cringy mini fanfics between Ruby and Sapphire from Steven Universe. <laughs> Adam, you, uh, you, you always see, like, comments saying, YMS brought me here on, like, Cool Cat videos and such? Yeah. How do you feel about them? Um, well, sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're not so good. At the end of my, uh, Samurai Cop video, I did say, like, oh go to this guy's video and tell him that YMS brought you here. Oh, no. And I didn't realize that that was like... You fucked up. I don't know. I, I, I had different intentions from that. It wasn't supposed to be like a, a self-marketing thing. Just the, mm. the video that the actor who played Samurai Cop posted at the time 
the way he described it and was like, oh, yeah, my daughter helped me upload this. I just I just pictured him as as somebody who would be like fascinated by the connectivity of the Internet and that he would look at, you know, a bunch of people going like, oh, I'm here from this person. And he'd be like, oh, cool. And then after that happened, I was like, ah, people who who were there that weren't brought by me think that I'm an asshole right now. Oops. Not doing that again. Anyway, um, sometimes it's pretty funny, I think, on the uh, Cold World music video by Stupid Flip. All of the comments there are pretty much just that kid kicked sand in Cool Cat's face <laughs> because the, uh, the song is the instrumental track that I used for uh, the part two of my video. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a really uh, tolerant person i would say for like kind of awkward social mannerisms in in general i don't find myself ever getting too bothered by any of those kind of comments really mm-hmm. oh yeah i don't mind because then if, if somebody if somebody posts on my video i'm interested to know where they came from yeah. right somebody if i if i get a bunch of comments being like john tron brought me here then i'm gonna be like oh fuck you know john tron favorited my frozen review yeah, because it's very often like a, a spike of, of views and it's like, where did this come from? So Yeah, I don't I don't think that people should have to uh, hide where they came from. I mean, like, I guess, I guess the bigger issue is just people that have nothing else to say. And that's like, I mean, if it's like some poor kids vlog and I don't know, like, and all the comments <laughs> oh, yeah. are like, this other more popular user brought me here. It's like, I don't know, it's a little weird. I, I think I think the ones that I dislike actually in in terms of uh, what would make it a yes or a, a no reaction from me would be if there's the implication that you're supposed to like their comment. So if it starts with like if blank brought you here, uh-huh. then that's like I don't like that uh-huh. uh, just because it just seems demanding and and like they're doing it for internet points or just attention. Why didn't anyone like my post? <laughs> but if it's if it's just like blank brought me here and not like if blank brought me here, I think I think that I'm more okay with those. Oh, uh, I, as for I the Steven see... Universe fan fiction, I just don't even watch that show. So I mean, sometimes people like uh, role play in my comments. Like I just see like I always see this one uh, double D role player and this black dynamite role player always in the comments. What <laughs> really? I, yeah, <laughs> that's there's all, a lot I of joke like... accounts. There's like political figure joke accounts that I find funny. Oh, well, the I best ones like, are. I don't know what kind of role play you're talking about. Well, the best ones role play are the can ones many... that. The best ones. <laughs> uh, the best ones are the ones that like I I, I like to th- imagine that like you mentioned something and they they watch the video and they're like finally my account I can use it and they log in and they comment. Like that, that, that I like the idea or the uh, psychology behind the commenter as much. The, the comment itself's not funny, but it's like thinking yeah. they're like, "It's my time." <laughs> yeah, there was like a Spider-Man account that commented on the video and was like, "I know it sucked." <laughs> See, Spider-Man agreed. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I get the same thing too, where I show like a random YouTube clip and people always find it and. I don't know, sometimes I stroke my ego and just look at the things that I reference in my own videos and just to see Pad Pizza sent me there, and I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> get it. Anyway. I still like it when people say first. That's when you made it. Oh. I should start commenting, like, really ironic, satirical versions of those comments, like, 
thumbs up if baddragon.com sent you here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. As much as I love introducing people to, to new music, which is something that I do really love to do, I also kind of feel guilty that now there's associations being made for certain songs where somebody tries to listen to them independently of the usage in my videos that they are forced to think of my videos. I was going to say was um, sometimes the like if someone so brought you, it's just a way for the commenter to feel not so much like, oh, I got a bunch of likes, but also to feel a sense of community with it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, we got a group together. It's awesome. Like, uh, so it, it, it's really easy to like, Im- like project what you think their intentions are, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like if the Holocaust never happened. <laughs> Like if 9-11 was an inside job. Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. Whenever you talk video. about comments in a YouTube video, then all of a sudden all those comments are that. Oh, like, oh yeah. just find it really funny to be like, oh, I'm going to be ironic about it. If you ever like make a, a tweet complaining about something that you hate hearing, then all of your responses are just oh. that one thing. It's like, oh, thanks. Because that, that, that is the pinnacle of humor. It's the internet. Irony. Yeah. yeah. What, what are what are the comment sections on this video going to be, Jesus? Oh, boy. Final question. Jack Tolzman. Question. Who is your favorite harmless second-rate villain from any cartoon or comic? One of mine would be the Toilinator from Kids Next Door or the Shocker from Spider-Man. Favorite useless um, villain? Uh, Doofenshmirtz from uh, Phineas and Fair. He, I, I really like dude. I wish he he was he was the star of the show for me. Mm-hmm. Is that does that count though? Because he's he's a because the question was secondary, so I felt like it's like a psychic villain. Is it harmless or secondary? Oh, yeah, okay, so okay. he he's totally. harmless because he none of his innators ever worked. You know. Well, does like Dick Dastardly count? Because he can't. He's like he tries to do stuff, but it always backfires. Or does uh, Wiley Coyote? The gender-bent version of Dick Dastardly would be named Villainous Vagina. What? Anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I didn't know about any of these characters you were talking about. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm going to vote for Snively from the uh, Sonic in the Morning series, though he was supposed to. It, the show got canceled, but the next season was going to be him rising above Robotnik. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just hilarious, mm-hmm. considering how oh, you know, like he had that you know, but robot like type voice. I think my favorite was uh, if you ever played the Spider-Man Two movie game, the Sam Raimi's Two Spider-Man game, uh, Mysterio shows up. I did. You fight Mysterio, but like when you first fight him, you just see his power bar going higher and higher and overlapping to another level, another level of power bar, and I thought, oh shit, and then you just punch him once and he's dead. The topic is like useless or like side characters useless villains huh i don't know i can't think of a really good example right now but yeah so i guess this is the end of the podcast uh yeah it's over finally so who are you people Uh, bye i was jim i'm nolan stabbed and i'm scott Dapp. that's him (laughs) that's him everybody there he is he took us higher with arms wide open. And the next video is Tony Hawk's Boom Boom Sabotage. Goodbye, every pony. Bye. 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 Sing us out, Emily. Today's Emily song will be covered by s- some imitator who pretends to be Emily. Look up her YouTube channel. Just look up Emily Vasquez. That's her. That's her who's trying to pretend to be me. 
motherfucker. I always needed time on my own. I never thought I'd need you there when I cry. And the days feel like years when I'm alone. And the bad way you lie is made up on your side. When you walk away, I count the steps that you take. Do you see how much I need you right now? When you're gone, pieces of my heart. I don't know this fucking song. Jesus. What's a maid cafe? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Weeb trash. That's what it is. Yeah, basically, um, you, it's a con experience thing where like you have like a a room that's dedicated to a restaurant, but it doesn't really look like a restaurant. And they like they have a you get to choose a maid. It's usually a girl dressed up as a maid or a butler if you're into that. And they they basically entertain you while you eat. You play games together. They uh, they, it's. They, they referred to it as emotional prostitution. Oh. <laughs> wow. Such okay. is life. Such. Which, I mean, you know, the typical con goer, not everyone fits this, but a lot of times they're usually pretty desperate for some kind of touch. And <laughs> that's, that's kind of, kind of the way. <laughs> oh. <Touch. laughs> 